Greetings, my name is Leah Buckles. I am the founder and CEO of Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting. I'm a US Army veteran and former CMP examiner. So today I wanted to come on and discuss um, GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease and how it relates to VA disability. So first and foremost, I wanna start off by saying that y'all have gotten on to me quite a bit about um, trying to shift my camera the other direction so it shows up better on YouTube. So I'm trying this out for the first time. So hopefully it goes well and you guys are able to get a better quality video um, watching on YouTube. So beyond that, um, talking about GERD and how it relates to VA disability, there's a couple topics that I wanna cover, um, just some basics, and then we'll go into more specific videos at another time, like on GERD related to sleep apnea or GERD related to NSAID use. I just wanna give a brief overview of um, GERD and some things that I see. So what is GERD? So gastroesophageal reflux disease, there's a lot of information out there um, that you can review on the internet. Of course, I don't recommend doing Dr. Google stuff, right? Talk to your healthcare provider. Um, but a lot of veterans suffer from GERD and a lot of veterans are diagnosed with it or maybe don't even know that they're suffering from it. So um, you might experience like nausea, vomiting, heartburn, um, coughing, difficulty swallowing um, or dysphagia. You can get chest or shoulder pain. You know, you can get chest pain from a lot of stuff. So, you know, always be concerned and talk to your healthcare provider of, for other things. But um, people that have GERD do have those symptoms as well, right? So what is GERD? So GERD is when um, esophageal, when, when gastric contents um, or stomach contents kind of come back the reverse direction and stomach acid can come up and cause um, those symptoms because it comes back into your esophagus or basically the tube that goes from your mouth to your stomach um, and the contents go the wrong direction, right? So there are a lot of things that can cause GERD. There are a lot of things that can mimic GERD, right? And, and a lot of those things are analogously rated with GERD. So eosinophilic esophagitis, and we can talk about that later. Um, hiatal hernia is rated the same and kind of mixed in there. Um, let's see, just esophagitis in general. So there's, there are different, um, there are definitely different things that can cause those symptoms, but GERD is one of the most common, right? So what do we see GERD related to, right? So GERD can be direct. So if you're diagnosed in service with, um, GERD, you can, and your symptoms have persisted since service, that would be a direct service connection. And you could see that that may easily be rated. Sometimes if there's been a long gap in time between when you were seen in service and now, there may come into question, well, that was transient, um, things like that. So you wanna do a good job of explaining if it's the case that these symptoms have persisted, that you've self-treated, you've taken over-the-counter medications or whatever the case may be. Um, from a secondary service connection standpoint, we see a lot of people get connected related to their mental health condition, right? So if you have a service-connected depression, PTSD, anxiety, something like that, there is a lot of literature out there that supports that stress and anxiety can increase stomach acid production and decrease um, protective measures, right? And again, I'm gonna go into that more specifically on a video for GERD related to mental health conditions at a later date. Um, sleep apnea, there is a bi-directional relationship where we can see GERD and sleep apnea worsening one another, okay? Especially if you're having nighttime symptoms because GERD can be worse at night, right? Because you're lying flat. And so if the, you know, 
if the stomach contents are just pooling in one area, it can because um, you're you're not you're not upright where everything is kind of flowing one direction. It can kind of pull in the back of your throats. It can cause a cough. It can cause sleep disruptions. Thing things like that, right? Um, so NSAID use. So a lot of people get service connected for GERD related to NSAID use. So from a medical perspective, usually gastritis is a little bit more closely related to anti-inflammatory NSAID use, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory use. But there are a lot of veterans that have um, GERD related to NSAID use as well. And there's a lot of research out there to support that. And I'm going to do a video on that later on down the road as well. So if you've been prescribed Motrin or Naproxen or, you know, Motrin, Ibuprofen, same type of thing for your back pain or your knee pain or any of those types of orthopedic conditions, those can lead to as kind of an intermediate step GERD. Um, let's see. There, there are, let's talk about presumptive, okay? So a lot of people will ask me specifically about Gulf War presumption for GERD, okay? I have seen people get connected for it, but to, to be honest with you, I don't, I personally don't think it meets the criteria because presumptive conditions are supposed to be functional gastrointestinal disorders or functional disorders in general. GERD is a structural disorder um, and it's categorized as such. And so every now and then I've seen people slip through with it and, and seen them service connected for that. Um, however, for the most part, I see them denied repeatedly and in the rating decision letters say, you know, GERD is a structural condition. It does not qualify as a functional disorder. You know, so I, I always say get with your credit agent or BSO. I'm not an accredited agent or BSO. I don't give claims advice. And, and if you believe that, you know, your condition is re related to that, have at it. If somebody asks me to support that in an opinion because they've been denied before for it, I just won't because I don't think it's a good case. And I don't like to see veterans um, spend money on medical opinions for things that I don't think have a really good shot at, you know, making it. I just don't think it's a functional uh, disorder like IBS is. IBS is a functional gastrointestinal disorder. So that's my two cents on presumptive. So real quick, let's talk about ratings. You know, ratings are always subject to change. I'm pulling them up here. Um, so, oh, before I get to that, here's some things that are risk factors. So certain foods, certain medications, like we discussed, smoking, alcohol consumption, um, respiratory condi conditions, obesity. So, you know, obesity is something I add in there too. If you're overweight, it can increase um, pressures and make that backflow happen uh, um, into the esophagus, right? So I don't ever pick one thing. And I talk about this in a lot of my videos. I don't pick one thing over another. I put all risk factors, positive and negative. So if you're a smoker, we need to talk about that, right? I've weighed all risk factors, positive and negative. This is my medical opinion, right? So let's talk about ratings. Ratings are always subject to change. Um, but I know there's some changes coming up for some other things. But right now, it, this is going all the way up to 60%. Most people I see fall in around the 10 or 30% range. Um, but everybody is different. So it basically says... Um, for 10% rating, a veteran must present with two or more symptoms of the 30% evaluation of less severity. So I'm going to go over those, the 30%. So the 30% rating requires persistently recurrent epigastric distress with dysphagia, pyrosis, and regurgitation accompanied by substernal or arm and shoulder pain 
productive of considerable impairment of health, okay? So if you don't pretty much have um, most of those conditions, you're probably gonna be at the 10% rate. One of the key things is considerable impairment of health. That is a very subjective like requirement that is, is really based on the examiner's opinion of what does that mean, right? So some things that I think would be considerable impairment of health would be like if you have you know, esophageal stricture and, and all these problems, these secondary type problems related to your GERD, Barrett's esophagus, if you've developed, um, if you've had to have surgeries for it because it's burning holes in your esophagus, if you have really bad asthma because of it, um, that's worsening, things like that. Um, something that's tangible, right? So, and then the 60% rating says, requires symptoms of pain, vomiting, material weight loss, um, blood in your vomit or stool with moderate anemia or other symptom combinations productive of severe impairment of health, okay? So maybe you're like super anemic because you're losing so much blood because you're having GI bleeds from all of the, you know, tearing up of your esophagus. So that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about today related to GERD. Please drop some comments if you have any questions. I'll try to go over them when I do those individual breakout videos for GERD related to a specific disorder. I hope you guys enjoyed the content. I hope that my sideways video is, is working. I'm trying to upgrade my, I'm not the most techn technologically savvy person, but my old, old videos, I used to hold my camera all the time and it would shake and I'm, I'm getting there. But thanks for all the feedback, guys. Thanks for watching and I'll talk to you guys soon.